Commemorations, Te Pūtake o Te Riri, War and Conflicts in New Zealand, was held in Waitangi this week from the 9th to the 11th of March. The history of Te Pūtake o Te Riri, the support for a national day, began several years ago with the Orako Heritage Society. It garnered support from Waikato Tainui, the Kingitanga and the Iwi Leaders Forum. In 2014, spurred on by the ceremonies and commemorations of the 150th anniversary of the Waikato land wars, Otorohanga College Pupils launched a petition calling for a national day. They collected 12,000 signatures and presented it on the steps of Parliament. The Orako Heritage Society coined the phrase Homai Hera, or Give a Day to further promote the cause. In 2016, the then National Lead Government and former Minister of Māori Development, Te Ururo Flavel, secured a funding pool of $4 million disseminated over four years for community groups, hapu and iwi to fund commemorative events. Te Pūtake Oteriri is also about commemorating the conflict fought overseas. On Monday of this week, the last officer of the 28th Māori Battalion, Lieutenant Alfred Bunty Priest, died aged 96. He served with D Company. His tangihanga was held in the Chatham Islands. Academic Harawira Peelis has researched the 28th Māori Battalion extensively. In Tiahika this week, we feature his keynote kōrero recorded at Te Pūtake Oteriri seminar hosted by Te Whare Wānanga o Awanui Yārangi. Here, he talks about his research into the geographical layout of key battle sites and provides insight into his own personal connection to Gallipoli through his great-grandfather. The kaupapa I'm going to speak to today refers to 28 Māori Battalion wayfinding and pilgrimage as a means of remembering the past. So I had a conversation uh, in 2004 uh, with another man from Manutuki and the question to him was, where is Tabaga Gap? So he beat around the bush, he's not here today, so I won't name him. He said, no, no, it's there. I said, where? And he said, no, you can see it. So one thing I know about our people, if you ask them the question three times and they don't give you an answer, they don't know. <coughs> they won't say, I don't know, they'll beat around the bush. So this is what happened. He beat around the bush. And the answer to the question was, we don't know where Tobago Gap is. We know which country it's in, but where is it? And the question, or the coordinator I put to everybody today is, why is it important? Tobago Gap is the place where on the 26th, 27th of March 1943, 28 Māori Battalion was accorded the Victoria Cross. Second Lieutenant Wainanui Aki who was the recipient of the Victoria Cross, 
was killed in action. It was a posthumous accord and award of the Victoria Cross. What followed from that was a journey. And the putaki of the journey was finding this place to bag a gap. The kaupapa was go to Tunisia, go down there and find it, go and stand there. So that was the beginning of a very long journey that started in 2004 that has almost gone through its first revolution now. So what happened was I went down there. I went to Tunisia and I got on this night train and I went down to this place called Sfax and I'd met this man in Tunis um, and at that stage my Arabic was minimal so I asked him all these questions that I needed to ask the people and he wrote them out in Arabic. So I went down to Sfax and I looked for the oldest man in that town and he didn't know where it was. So there was the dilemma. How am I going to get there? That was uh, a 10-day trip, which was followed by another visit, the short story being, I arrived at this place called Tobago Gap. This story about 28 Māori Battalion wayfinding and pilgrimage is about 26 different 28 Māori Battalion battlegrounds that have been relocated. It's a story about 38 Commonwealth war grave cemeteries and memorial sites where 28 Māori Battalion soldiers lie. Greece, Crete, uh, Egypt, Libya, Tunisia, Germany, Austria, South Africa <coughs> and England. So the project that I got myself involved in started off from where is one battleground to where is 26 battlegrounds? Where are 38 28 Māori Battalion burial sites. Who are the men, the 96 men who were accorded gallantry awards? Who were the two men that were accorded state orders? And who was the lone soldier that received the United States Silver Star for gallantry? What followed from that was, let's guess, another question. Who received the mentioned in dispatches for 28 Māori Battalion? And I asked a question, not to the same man, to another man. And he too was vague. Oh, we think there was about 30. Oh, okay. So he didn't say we don't know. The short story was, following another research project, I've discovered that there were 80 men in 28 Māori Battalion, previously unknown, unknown to us. Even their phenomenas didn't know that they recorded mentions in dispatches. This is the story that follows. The Ode to the Fallen. There was a poet, his name was Binyon, and he wrote a poem called The Ode to the Fallen. And the fourth stanza of the poem begins, So that stanza of this poem they shall not grow old as we that are left grow old. Age will not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. We will remember them. So in the RSAs and at some state occasions and other 
remembrance events, we recite the Ode to the Fallen. I asked a question. Where are their battle and burial sites and where were their gallantry awards accorded? I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find anything that clearly described the specifics of 28 Māori Battalion's battle order. The battle order relates to the dates and places that they fought or engaged with the enemy, what were their operational outcomes, what were their combat outcomes. It wasn't clear to me. Where were 28 Māori Battalion's campaign and battle honours emblazoned and displayed? That's a heart-wrenching question. Some of us know the answer, some of us don't know the answer. That is a heart-wrenching question, and I'll talk about that very shortly. The question, how do we find them, began a massive project, a wayfinding project, as to how do we make our way back to the battle and burial sites that belong to 28 Māori Battalion. Where and how do we record and publish the gallantry honours, uh, sorry, the gallantry awards, the state orders and the mentioned in dispatches that recorded to 28 Māori Battalion? All that information is there, but it's not collated. It's not together. It's not in a format that we can easily access, that we can easily understand and we can easily make sense of. Without knowing any of these previous points that I've outlined, we become a part of the national narrative. 28 Māori Battalion remains obscure because of the simple fact that we are unaware of the specifics that I've just mentioned. Where are our battlegrounds? Where are our burial grounds? And how were our, um, our tūpuna acknowledged uh, for gallant acts on the battleground. The sadness of it all, when I realised uh, what I had to do, was that diminished acknowledgement of achievement is an ever-present. What we did, where we did it, what our operational and our battle outcomes were, have been suppressed or are suppressed. No longer, but in 2004... That was the realisation that I, come to, I came to. The root question that came out of that discovery was, do we remember them? Do we actually remember them? We remember uh, certain days, we remember certain events, but do we remember them? That provided me with the impetus to get on an aeroplane and go to France and Belgium. Because to understand what 28 Māori Battalion stood for, I had to provide it with context. And the only way to provide context is to understand what Te Opituatahi did, where they went, where they lie, how were they, uh, how were they uh, recognised for gallantry. There's an official history of... Uh, the Māoris in the Great War. None of that information is disclosed there. It's a, it's a popular history without specifics. Thankfully, there is something, and, and thankfully, 
Monty Suda is about to provide a production that answers a lot of those questions. So at least we've got things moving forward, albeit a century behind time. I went to Gallipoli in 2015. My father's grandfather was the oldest New Zealander to land at Anzac Cove. He was 61. He was a Pākehā man. He's from Te Tauihu. Uh, he was a surgeon, a military surgeon. He'd been to the Boer War, eight reinforcements. The call went up uh, at the time of um, uh, the Dard well, it wasn't, well, let me say the Dardanelles and the Gallipoli campaign. And he rolled out. He turned up. He landed on the day there. 61. We thought he was the oldest New Zealander, and uh, I spent time at uh, Gallipoli during that period with uh, Dr. Jonathan King, who's the um, Australian, one of the Australian authorities on Anzac, and he said, no, mate, he was the oldest Anzac. We didn't have anyone that old. What I saw at uh, Gallipoli, what I did was I went over the hill. There's a place called Begali. That's where Mustafa Kamal, the Turkish leader, initiated his response to the Anzac landing and I stayed with those people and I listened to their story. They've got a totally different story to our story, the Anzac story. He had the pūtaki o te didi. the pūtaki o te didi involves two combatant forces, not just one. In that, in that uh, period there were the Turks and there were the Anzac forces. The Turks tell a totally different story. But unless you go and sit with them and you listen to their cordial, we are constrained by the narrative that the Australians put forward. Because what I saw that day was we were there in small numbers. 10,000 people were allowed up there, 8,000 Australians, 2,000 New Zealanders, and we were just there. The day was run by the Australians. So that journey began in 2005. Where are they? So we started off, and now we know in our whakapapa, Greece, uh, April 1941, Mavroneri Gorge, D Company, 1st Company, 28 Māori Battalion, to go into action after the First World War. It happened on a hillside. Haruid has been there, some of us have been there, and we went there, and we stood there in those battlements, and we looked across... And we saw where the Germans came down that hillside on the other side. The, the, the trenches and whatnot are still there. The significant thing with Mavroneri Gorge and knowing and wayfinding to Mavroneri Gorge, there are two 28 Māori Battalion soldiers that lay buried on that site. Poro iwi ka heke, the bones that lay cast. They're still there. We don't know where they are, but they're on that battle site. And when we spoke to our whanaungas that were on that, uh, on that trip, the question of memorialisation, what does it mean? And there were many, many responses, very humorous, because our people are like that when they don't know that. Oh, no, he's there. I said, uh, where? No, he's on that, there's his name, he's on that uh, memorial stone, there. And we said, oh, tēnā koe koka. There's 57 names on that memorial stone. This is at Phaleron in Athens. But there's only seven headstones. Where are the other 54 men? But they're all looking around. They're going, oh, oh no, he's there somewhere. Where are they? He said, okay, we'll tell you where they are. They're still out there. And they said, out where? I said, Itakoraha. 
Mita pai pakanga. They're still on the battleground. What do you mean? Kuangaro keirato. And that's when the whaling started. And that's when people really started to get a sense and an understanding of what they were actually doing in the Urupa. There are seven uh, 28 Māori battalion men at Failuron, but on the uh, memorial listings, there's another 58 men. 46 of them are lying in Crete on the battle plane, Tonu. And they started saying, well, why did we leave them behind? Oh, we were being chased by the Germans, but why didn't we drag them out? No, no, we couldn't. They were left. So then, katū to tangi hotu hotu. We not only remember those men that lie in places that we know of, and those men that were fortunate enough to return home, we karakia specifically to those 128 men from 28 Māori Battalion that are unaccounted for. We don't know where they are. And I'm going to tell you the story because it's a fantastic story. The man's name is Tamaka Waka. Tamaka Waka was a prisoner of war. On the 26th of August 1942, he was listed missing in action. We didn't know where he was. And then he turned up in a German prisoner of war camp. So he'd been wounded, basically left behind, discovered by the Germans, looked after, found his way to a German prisoner of war camp. Then something peculiar happens. A listing comes through, killed while a prisoner of war. So immediately we look at that and we think, what happened? Well, I found out what happened because I was down in Tamuka and this puzzle has plagued me for a long time as to what happened to this man. There are no pictures available of him, nothing. So I locate this uh, phenomena of his in, um, in uh, they call it Tamuka. Te Umukaha is the correct name of that place. I went there and I spoke to a whanaunga of Tamaka Waka. This queer had the whakapapa, my mokawaya, she had the whakapapa, she had everything. She'd been, to, she'd been there, she'd been to Berlin. And I said to her, what happened? What happened to the tupuna? We need to know. And she said, an amazing story. And the amazing story, in its short form, is, in 1996, her family received a letter from a man in Australia... He'd sent this package of Tamaka Waka's military file to every Waka in the New Zealand phone book. Is this your whanaunga? And of course there was a picture. So immediately we were interested. Oh, there's a picture. Where did the picture come from? The Australian correspondent, his father was a prisoner of war in the same prisoner of war camp as Tamaka Waka. The Australian gentleman was a portrait painter. He had painted portraits of all the POWs in his camp on the backs of pieces of uh, Red Cross food parcels. He painted them all, including this painting of Tamaka Waka. Included in the package that he sent to all the Wakas was this uh, painting. And the family at uh, Tumukaha immediately said, That's him! So they sent the message back to this Australian gentleman and said, no, he's ours. And then they, in turn, told the story of their, the correspondent's uncle, who was the artist, who had done the photos, who are the paintings, who had since died. And he was sending that painting back to the people. And that 
painting hangs in the house uh, Te Hapa o Niu Tereni at um, Arofenua. So, Tera Te Putaki o Te Diri, what it demonstrates is how we can link back and how other people, non-Māori, helped us do that. So now the people at uh, Tūmuka have a photo of Tamaka Waka registered, killed as a prisoner of war. We now have a picture of him. We know what happened to him. And uh, unfortunately uh, for him, uh, he was killed by friendly fire because I know people are wondering, well, how did he die? Because I thought that he may have tried to escape. He may have been killed by the Germans. No, Kariko. It was near the end of the war, one month ago. All the prisoners of war that were in Austria had been moved back into Germany. Uh, Tamaka Waka was in a hospital very close, uh, well within side Germany. And the Americans were bombing. They were doing lots of bombing raids at that time. And the hospital that he was in was bombed by the Americans. And there's, fortunately there's a statement, an eyewitness statement from a man who saw what happened. And Tamaka, unfortunately, was directly struck. Uh, by uh, the bombs that came forth from this bombing raid. Tira te putake o te diri. Te kahi katoa kaheke. Kahi katoa is the word that's taken out of uh, the waiata. Kangaroa takahi e te whare o te kahi katoa. Nā tēra. This relates to the gallantry awards accorded to 28 Māori Battalion. So there are 96 gallantry awards, there are three state orders, and there are 80 mentioned in dispatches. Now I can add to that, because another project that I've involved in, I've discovered a man, a D Company man, who was awarded two DCMs that we don't know about. We do now, but unrecorded in the battalion's history to date. So now that figure goes up to uh, 98 gallantry awards. DCM and CLASP, nominated three times for the Victoria Cross. Uh, Originally uh, were 28 Māori Battalion, and then seconded to MI9, the British uh, Secret Intelligence Service. He appears on the the Waharoa at uh, Whakatū Nelson, um, Sergeant Whakaruru. Why, why, Fakaruru? He led another life. He was a major in the British <coughs> MI9. Tera te putaki o te diri. Hey, kimi, kimi. Hey, whakamara matia tato i etahi. O ngā mahi. A tā tato nei tupuna hoi e Māori. A te rua te kau māwaru. <coughs> Pilgrimage. Ah, now there's an overlay on what uh, Haruera has spoken about. Pilgrimage. And my sense is that the, the, uh, the speakers that follow, this is going to be one of the commonalities of all our kōrero, pilgrimage, and the significance of pilgrimage. My research methodology that I've written, I've called it kanohikitia maramatia hoaho. I see with my eyes, I have a greater depth of understanding. Pilgrimage. We go and stand on a battle site and we stand there and we look and we see. As Haruid has mentioned, the boys looked across from those battlements at Mavranary Gorge and there's a track that comes down the hill. You can still see this track. Our men in 1941 were in those battlements and they saw the Germans coming down that track and they knew, here comes trouble. 1945, 
The 2nd of May, the war ended. 28 Māori battalion was in Trieste. Uh, the cannon Wihuata gathered the battalion together and so commenced the first uh, Karakia Raumahara for all the men in 28 Māori battalion uh, that had uh, been killed in action or died of their wounds. It happened the day the war ended. How do we know that? Because it's in the war diary. 1977, Haruera's mentioned 1977. 1977, uh, Ben Porter and uh, business colleagues arranged this uh, pilgrimage, Hekinga Momahara. And they got in two ocean liners that they had hired, two of them. And they went right round the Mediterranean, stopping at all these places. All the way round. 600 Whanaungas and two ocean liners. Two months on a hecking a Momahara. 2014, a group from Ngati Whanui went to uh, Tunisia, Italy, and Greece on a pilgrimage. One of the members is here today, Tenakwe. The putake of this hekinga followed on from the earlier trip that had done in 2005, and our joint uh, goal was to take a busload of Ngāti Pūrau Whanaunga to Tabaga Gap. So that person was Monty Suter. So um, I get the call, the tour's on, everything's going. Can you meet us here? We're going to Tunisia. Yep, no problem. So what we did 10 years after, we'd actually put the push pin back into the map as to where um, Tabaga Gap was. We arrived there uh, on May the 5th, uh, 2014. Whānau 50, 50 plus Whanaungas, Ngāti Whānui, and one or two extras, myself included. And we went back onto that battle site, and the, the whole group went up onto the battle site. Kanohikitia, I see with my own eyes and I understand. I'm going to give you a number, a date. 2041, 2041. Why is that significant? 2041 is when we commence the cyclic period of remembrance of World War II. Ararata kāpehu. Hei tohu tohu mai ia tātou ki wera o ngā momo pai pakanga, ki ngā momo urupā, ki ngā momo whāki hautua maia o te rua te kaumāwaru. The kāpehu contains all the coordinates that we as pilgrims will require to take us back to each of the 26 battlegrounds, each of the 38 burial sites, and it directs us towards our gallantry award winners. And those three components constitute te pūtake o te diri Those three elements are what constitute for me the elements of how we remember one means of the elements that we remember and we recollect 28 Māori Battalion. Te Pūtaki o Te 2041, is written ahead of time so that our tūpuna don't arrive at the centennial period of remembrance like I did in uh, 2014 and asking somebody for the weight, well, how do I get to these, these World War I battlegrounds? Where are they? No, no, you can see them. Same thing. You, you can see them. No, they're there. For where? So I had to go over there. So to alleviate and relieve people of finding themselves in that position, 
Arara te kāpehu hei i arahi mai i a tātou Ki ngā momo pai pakanga Mō tēnei te tau 2041 Te wahi ke tima te tātou Te huri huri haere o te tau O ngā tau raumahara O te rua te kau mahawaru Kia ora, academic Harawira Peerless was also working on the history of D Company of the 28th Mighty Battalion that was recorded at a seminar last year in October about New Zealand wars and conflicts, Te Pūtake o Te Riri, hosted by Te Whare Wānanga o Awanui Arangi in Whakatāne.